Welcome to Innovations of Health, a podcast that gives you the latest in healthcare trends and news. We'll be sharing advances in digital technology and breakthroughs in healthcare that eases people's way and provides a better healthcare future for all. Thank you for joining and welcome to our broadcast. I'm Sara Vaizi, Chief Digital Strategy Officer for Providence within the Digital Innovation Group. As a reminder, the information provided during today's event is for information purposes only. For any medical questions, please reach out to your primary care or healthcare provider. Now let's begin. I'm really excited about today's conversation and uh, joining me for this live event uh, will be Derek Street, CEO of DexCare and Sean O'Connor, Chief Commercial Officer for DexCare. And we'll learn all about what DexCare is. So uh, let's jump right in. Um, Sean and Derek, thank you so much for joining. Um, could you start by just telling us a little bit about yourselves and in particular, tell us, you know, how did you join Providence? What were you doing when you were part of Providence and what are your roles now within DexCare? Uh, sure. Derek, I'll start with you. Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and start. Yeah, sure. Um, so my name is Derek Street, uh, CEO of DexCare. I'm a technology entrepreneur. Uh, DexCare is the uh, sixth uh, venture-backed technology company that I've, I've built or been, been, been part of building. Um, uh, you, you know, we'll, we'll get into what DexCare does here, here, here in a moment, but I'll just say that the where I've, where I've been able to find the most opportunity uh, to build businesses over over the years has been um, businesses that, that that are fundamentally about discovering or liberating some set of data and then pointing technology and compute power at it, usually wrapping a, a software service around it to deliver value to some set of stakeholders. And and what intrigued me about DexCare when I uh, reconnected um, with Sarah and, and, and Aaron Martin and team in kind of later 2019 was that they had built this platform that um, seemed like a really, really good way to understand consumers really well and, to, and to, to deliver to them experiences that they would interact with and get value from. And, and it just it very much a direct hit on on how I think you can create value with technology-enabled companies. So super happy to be here and, and excited to be building this business with uh, Sean, who you'll learn about here. Yeah, and uh, great to see you, Sarah. It's been, it's been like a week. It seems like a year. Yeah. Um, uh, my background, quickly, I've been in the healthcare technology space now for almost 20 years, and I've been similar to Derek. I've been drawn to problems that are heavily focused on how to make the consumer experience better and how do you make uh, access to healthcare for consumers easier, which has hit the sweet spot for DexCare. So we're excited to talk about that here today. Wonderful. Um, uh, thank you so much for joining. Um, and, you know, I'm particularly excited. I've been working on DexCare for several years now, and it's so gratifying and exciting for us to finally see it launch. And um, after the years of incubation within Providence, uh, how does it feel for you all? And, you know, what has been the experience in terms of taking this company from being internal to being its own, you know, internal within Providence and now being its own entity outside of Providence. And again, we'll talk about what it is and what it does and the value it delivers um, in a moment, but let's start there. Um, Derek, uh, you joined us just a little bit before Sean, so why don't you go ahead and start and, sure. and maybe provide a little context too, because you joined at a very interesting time. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So I joined. I mean, Sean and I joined just about the same time. We were within weeks, but and, and that's because we we worked together before. Um, but uh, yeah, I joined April one, and it was a, uh, it was it was definitely a weird time. Uh, well, for everybody <laughs> at, at that at that time, but um, definitely a weird time to be to be leaning into something new as well. But you know, within adversity comes opportunity, and and so that's where we discovered. 
um, not just the rise in digital care as a, something that we could really, really be a part of, but um, a way of making it work that was was really not being addressed. And again, that's what we'll talk about with DexCare. In terms of, in terms of what the experience has been like spinning it out. I mean, I always say I'm, I'm kind of. At this point, having started so many companies, I'm kind of perpetually unemployable by large organizations. So it was surprising that Providence even let me in the door in the first place. Um, uh, and it has, but I'm thankful that you all did uh, because it's it's just it's just been great, like starting a company when there's already runway <laughs> there. Usually, usually you know there's months of even figuring out what you're going to do before you before you do it. But um, to have a going concern, to have traction and validation of the value of it inside of the inside of Providence, one of the largest health systems out there, um, we really just provided a platform to to build, to fund, uh, to uh, have team, you know, kind of join from day one on it. Just all things that just allowed us to move a lot faster than you normally do in a startup. So it's been great. Yeah, yeah I just uh, go ahead, Sean. The only thing I'd add to that is I was joking with my wife last night. It feels surreal that. It, I'm almost the one-year mark, and I still haven't met anybody in person here either. Like the, the, the Prov or Dexcare. I mean, the environment's been—it's really been incredible. I think of what the team's been able to do in a little under a year. Obviously, I know Derek from from prior life, but to go through, you know, framing up all the good work that you and the Providence team has done to make the platform as scalable, to getting a financing round done, to pulling the team over, and doing all that virtually has presented its own challenges. But it's been extremely exciting, and I know I know for myself and for Derek, like we. This isn't the end, it's the beginning. You get to that line and you get out, like it's, it's the end for some of the Providence folks. They can go work on other projects and we can stop bothering them. But our responsibility now is to make that last five years of investment and all the good work they've done really become a top-notch class company. So we're grateful for all the work the team's put in and we take it really, really um, with, a, with a heavy kind of load on our shoulders to make sure we make this thing work and, and all the good work continues to build and all the investment Providence has made in the digital where health systems that don't have the experience of being in Seattle and having top-notch, you know, software engineers and all the resources Providence have, we want to take that goodness that's been built and just plug and play and other healthcare systems so others can benefit. And we don't take that responsibility lightly as much as we've accomplished. The journey's only starting here. Yeah, and um, Derek, you mentioned April 1, and I just wanted to clarify for everyone listening, it was April 1 of 2020. So as you and Sean have both noted, it's about, it's been just over a year. You were all um, entrepreneurs in residence for some time and then took the company um, uh, and spun it out and independent of Providence during that time. And it became the third spin out out of the Digital Innovation Group. So that was a tremendous um, accomplishment, especially in the context of like what we're all dealing with, with the pandemic being virtual only and everything. So really great. So why don't we, um, uh, I'm gonna mix it up a little and why don't we jump right into what is DexCare? What does it do? Um, uh, Derek, maybe you can talk a little bit about that first, and then um, and then I'll get into some details, um, asking questions about uh, the customers and things like that. But Derek, I'll I'll pitch it over to you. Sure, uh, happy to, Sarah. Um, yeah, so, yeah. So so DexCare is an operating system that makes digital care work uh, for everybody. So for consumers, for providers, and for the health systems who are our customers, and we make it work by uh, focusing on three particular problems that our technology addresses. Uh, the first is making it so that consumers are aware of our, of our, of our customers, our, 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 our health system customers' digital offerings, their digital front doors, the, the, the different ways that they deliver care digitally, or at least start care, uh, care, care digitally. The second problem we solve for them is um, we then help uh, ensure consumers get navigated 
to the care options that are safest and best for them, whether it's a certain modality, whether it's a certain um, facility, if they got to see, be seen in person, you know, just the right care for them. Um, and then the third thing that we do is we then, uh, we then uh, automatically allocate resources within the health system when and where they can be most productively employed. And so when you, when you put all those things together and we do it in a way that, um, that amplifies rather than attempts to replace the EMR. So it keeps the EMR as the source of truth so that you don't have, you know, as much change management as you could with a system like this. What it does is it enables then a health system that has all this capability and most do now because of COVID all this capability to do online scheduling or to do video visits or to do home care or things like that. But instead of them being sort of links on a page that they hope that consumers will discover and, and choose the make the right choice. It provides the navigational and the optimization uh, and the optimization experience and, and the discovery experience so that those those assets, those capabilities actually work now. And the proof is in the pudding, as I'm sure Sean will get into regarding customers. It's just I won't steal a thunder. It just works really, really well for our customers. And um, before we go on to the customers, could you tell us just a little bit about what changed um, pre and post pandemic? You know, we've been working on, we had been working on DexCare for some time, but fundamentally things kind of shifted um, uh, starting last year with the with the start of the pandemic and, and that trend has somewhat continued. So could you tell us a little bit more about that? Like where, how did, where, where did the shift primarily occur um, as, as you see it? Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I've been saying, and I, I truly believe this. Like, this is one of these businesses that um, the the opportunity we're focused on today really didn't even exist pre-pandemic. And that is, um, you know, pre-pandemic, um, there were lots of point solutions or lots of capability to to do digitally enabled care. Again, whether it's online scheduling or or video visits, we we, we kind of encompass all that together. Um, lots of capability, but you know, health systems could kind of check the box and, and, and put the cape, you know, again, put a link on a, on a page somewhere because nobody was really utilizing this. And then COVID came and it was the only thing you could utilize for a while was clinics shut down and so forth. So we had all this sort of forced utilization. What happened though is, is because everybody had to get that capability stood up and just, just have all the bases covered. Um, and we had now consumers and providers and others having experience with it so that we knew it may not always stay at 100% utilization, probably wasn't going to do that, but it's still going to you know, flatten out at 20 or 30% utilization, which is a lot more than it was pre-COVID. Because of those two things happening, you now, it's no longer, it's no longer a luxury to actually have to really try to make these things work. I mean, you, you've, you've got to, if, unless you want to, um, if you're a health system, unless you want to forego kind of 30% of your of your consumers that will end up using this stuff now consistently, which nobody wants to, nobody wants to provide care to everybody they can, then you actually have to make this stuff work. The analogy I use is, is um, you know, if you were to set up a, um, you know, if you were to set up an online store, uh, there's lots of capability, shopping cart systems and web page builders and so forth. Well, any of us could set up a store and not even have any technical background, but you know, you would put it out there and it'd be one of a million out there. And so it, it's probably not going to work, right? So to make it work, we've got to we've got to attract people to it. We've got to um, we've got to navigate them to the right products for them. We've got to make sure we have the right inventory controls on the supply side. So to make those things work, which is now where e-commerce is and many other spaces, that's now starting to catch up in the in the healthcare world as well. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Sean, could you build on that and tell us a little bit more about um, 
the, you know, I've known you, I know you've had a tremendous amount of activity on the customer side. Um, and it's just been, um, you know, you've, you've, uh, completely reoriented our thinking around traditional sales cycles within the context of healthcare IT. Can you tell us like wh what are the customers or the potential customers finding so exciting about this? What's really resonating with them? And anything else you can share, if you can share about who are some of the systems potentially that you're working with, if that's information that you can give folks who are listening, but just what's so exciting about it? What, you know, How are health systems using it? Why is it so compelling to them? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll keep it high level to start, and I, I think Derek alluded to it in his previous answer, kind of what Dexcare is and does. It's been interesting. Um, we started offering this to other healthcare systems commercially outside of Providence about a year ago. We have half a dozen on the on the technology stack today, including two of the larger not for profits and a pretty diverse portfolio of folks using it. But the one thing that's been interesting, even though it's, we have a combo of for profit, not for profit, and market demographics differ. The pain point's been the same in almost all the use cases, the underlying pain point, and then how we service that is, has differed across board. But to, to simplify it, it's been healthcare systems are looking for integrators, not fragmenters. And what one thing I think COVID brought to the table on us and, and, and people had to quickly move to do virtual and do things differently because they had a necessity and maybe they weren't fully prepared for that, that pandemic like nobody was. Uh, that brought a lot of disruption to the consumer experience, the provider experience, how healthcare systems optimize resource and capacity. So the one theme we hear loud and clear is that we just want we want one thing that makes digital work to Derek's opening point. So I don't want to have to figure out how these 10 things tie together. I want one thing that can either do it all or tie these things together for. So by having that ecosystem that does everything from discovery in the front end all the way through deliver care that can do multiple venues, whether you're interested in specialty care or or retail care, or whether you're interested in virtual chat and in, in clinic visits, having one technology stack that can do all that while fully integrating into the systems that are important to make healthcare work like the EMR and, and make the EMR tools work more efficiently, make the EMR tools work better, and then make all the other things around digital work easier. Um, the one thing we hear, although the pain points are different, some are more interested in on-demand virtual or, or pulling one provider inventory, making it one click from Google to book an appointment, like all that kind of stuff we can do from a tech side. But the one theme that's been consistent is just make it less fragmented, make it integrated and make my things talk together and work together versus just I had to bring all the stuff in, it was really chaotic not integrated, not fully integrated, doesn't talk to this, doesn't do this. So we get a lot of like, let's simplify it, take a step back. And that's really where the, you know, the, the beauty of working within Prof for five years is a really complex healthcare system across multiple states and different markets. And to be tested and tried in that environment, there's very little kind of things we think we'll face in the in the outside that we haven't kind of thought through or worked through already. And that's not to say the product's not gonna get, gonna get better, but um, we're, we're, we're blessed to be born in, in that environment because we can share those lessons and, and make it easier for others to follow. Um, in terms of just the notion of Dexcare being an integrator and overcoming this fragmentation, Derek, I've heard you refer to this operating system notion and use the uh, sort of compute architecture um, analogy quite a bit. Could you um, tell the folks on the um, who are listening just uh, just describe that? I think it's so illustrative and really helpful um, to kind of paint the picture and um, equate it to something that we're all familiar with around our own computers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so as as many may know, um, if you're watching this now, you're you're probably you're on a computing device that's got a, a set of applications you're using, probably a browser and uh, you know a bunch of other things um, that may be open at this point. But there's an operating system behind it that that makes those applications work to um, um, to do things like send data around, you know, to bus data between those things, and and also and, and even just like 
able to turn them on in the first place. I mean, there's just some basic things that an OS does. And so when we, and so in that traditional model, you've got your kind of firmware, uh, firmware level uh, of, of code um, to, to make the actual hardware work. I think the analogy on the healthcare side are the infrastructure providers, the EMR providers, the identity management providers. Um, Sean has a great slide that, that we show people that kind of shows all the APIs and connections that we have to all of these, um, all of these various kind of infrastructure systems. And then on top of that, and, and, then, and then you've got the, the, the um, um, all the way at the top, you have all of your applications, right? And, and I think most people, when they think of digital health, just because it's what it's what has been uh, uh, front and center from a consumer perspective over the last year. They tend to think 99% of the time it, it's it's the application layer, right? So it's it's this virtual visit platform, it's this um, online scheduling thing, it's the widget, it's this chat-based care, it's these things. And those are important, don't get me wrong, um, but there's a lot of those out there and a lot of them are pretty, are, are, are similar as well. So, you know, we think they'll, things will continue to consolidate there a bit and, and you'll end up with some really good applications that, um, that, that people need. But again, just like you've got your, when your, office applications and your browsers and everything on your on your computing device you've got to have in the middle between that application layer and the infrastructure layer you've got to have the operating system to actually to actually like in, in the computing world those things literally won't turn on if you don't have don't have that os in our world it's a little different you can you still turn on the 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 virtual visit application but you know you end up with it gets to sean's point you end up with a bunch of problems both on the front end and the back end not the least of which is well, it's usually not talking to my EMR in the way it needs to talk to it. Um, it's usually I have no way to make it discoverable. It's usually one of 10 application, uh, virtual visit applications that different service lines in the health system are using. So which one do we choose? And they have different experiences. So without that kind of unifying OS, um, just like when you boot up your Windows machine or your or your Apple machine, you see the Apple or you see the Windows, you know, show up like the OS is doing the work to try to to try to combine those experiences into something that is useful for the, the consumer uh, and the and the and the providers. Yeah, it makes great sense. And and so, Sean, can you tell us a little bit more than um, from a, a customer standpoint, like what's the what are some of the value drivers and where are customers really like keying in on um, where they're gleaning value from this operating system? Is it in patient experience? Is it in growth? Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, uh, a little bit of both of those, but I think the first and foremost thing that's always about how to, the, the, the folks are really needing to how we make the consumer experience better. And when they start with that, it's like, how do I make consumer access easier for my for my patients? So I don't want them to have to download an app necessarily or, or log into a, an EMR portal. Like I, I want them to be able to get care on their terms in their way. Uh, and at the same time, as, as I'm making that optimization for the consumer experience easier, like none of the technologies we've we've worked with in the past, this is something we hear, like really took into consideration our rules of the healthcare system. So, you know, when applicable, we want to send someone to a chat visit first because it's best for the patient, best for the consumer, and best for cost of healthcare delivery. Um, other times I may want to send someone to us, but they may come into a on-demand virtual visit and I need to get them into a special appointment right away. So we've enabled them to book a digital referral token and on the spot get into a cardiology appointment, get into a nephrology appointment if you think you came in for UTI, but you may have renal failure. So being flexible to meet the business model where consumer access is easier, but the healthcare system resources are optimized first and foremost. And those rules differ, like your, your roles are different than Kaiser's or someone else's and, and being able to have a platform that they can build an API structure on, they modify those are, are really important to our, our, our consumer base. And we're gonna continue to lean into making that better for the provider, the consumer, and ultimately the health system.
Got it. And um, and you've both alluded to um, several ways by which the patient benefits in all of this navigation to the right service at the right time for the right condition, just plain old making access easier. Anything um, that you would add to that, Derek, anything else that you would want to highlight in terms of how the patient or consumer experiences enhanced or any other things about the patient benefit? Yeah, I think uh, two things I would note, and um, and what's nice, so the first one is really just baked into the DNA uh, that honestly, Sarah, you and others that worked on this before Sean and I um, just just put into the DNA of the system, which is that um, that 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 you think in a very kind of e-commerce way uh, how you how how you how you kind of ease people into 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 care. Uh, that they're looking for and so even things that they seem pretty basic but i just know as well i can, can appreciate how challenging it is to ensure that you know the the minimal number of screens you know show up for a for a for a booking flow of a a a booking process to get somebody in care um some of the things we're doing right now is ensuring that you don't have to like drill into each clinic or doctor to see what's available instead you just say this is what i need and you and our system does all the work to search across all of those availability available appointments and just show you the one that that meets your need and so that kind of um, um, e-commerce e kind of mindset to make it just as easy to get care when you want as it is to as it is to buy a book or something like that uh, is sort of baked into the system on the on the other side of the equation um, I would say and Sean alluded to it with the the capacity what we call capacity optimization we actually think of navigation intelligent navigation which is the which is the user sharing information to define the, the 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 right care the safest the best care option for them that's different in our world than on the back end we're still not done even once the users gotten to that chat based care for example as sean mentioned maybe right for them there's still work to be done on the back end which is to make sure that the right uh provider shows up in that if it's a synchronous care uh, a care option shows up to 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 take care of that patient and to us right means um, it's a provider that's seen lots of patients uh, like 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 this patient before has a really good track record of resolving the issue within the the actual visit versus having to refer them on um, has a really good net promoter score that comes out of it um, is able to do it in a short amount of time you know um, and we see that you know uh, just like it's like anything in life right providers vary in in who they're effective who they're most effective in treating and we understand that the underlying data that so so that ends up round tripping to a better experience for the consumer as well because We've not just, to Sean's point, we've not just taken into account um, the things that they're saying they they want to need. We're also then saying, well, let's make sure we're giving you some insight into what we know about the providers in the health system that are going to get you the get you get you that uh, perfect match. Yeah, yeah, and I always uh, I always think of like my dad when I'm trying to describe like what what we do in the healthcare space, right? And and uh, um, you know, when I was telling him that just to break it down simply from the consumer side, is we we're trying to make access to care easy, efficient, and affordable pop. And that's, that's it. So, so how do you get in? How do you get to the right level of care? And how do you make it super efficient? Uh, so it's just really easy for, for anybody to get to the, the healthcare needs that they, that they, that they want, they need, and they deserve. And, um, and while we do that, we're very purposeful on the consumer side. Like we're not trying to build a relationship with the consumer. We're trying to enable the health system to build a relationship with the consumer. So we don't get in the middle of that. So we're going to be a, a white label, 100% branded solution for the healthcare system to establish that relationship with the consumer and build the loyalty that they come in for a sore throat and they have a great digital experience and they use that health system for all their other higher acuity needs. And 
We really think it's important that we optimize that for the healthcare system and, and make that connection and let them serve the patients that put the trust in them. And we just want to make that experience better for the consumer. So as we do our job, the consumer really never know text care exists. It's just powered by Providence and Providence is getting a lifetime, hopefully loyal adopter by just having a really easy to use digital experience that brings them in and builds a relationship throughout their, their lifetime journey. Yeah, and I imagine that's very attractive to other health systems. Providence, of course, it's very attractive for us, but it's also attractive to other health systems who um, want to own that relationship and connect to the broader continuity of care and all the stuff that's behind, you know, we've heard the term the digital front door, but all the stuff that's behind the front door, it's not, it doesn't just stop there, right? And so I, I imagine that's been an extremely, um, a compelling part of the value proposition as you've gone out into the market to talk with other health systems. Hundred um, uh, percent. Well, this is this is so great. Um, uh, I'm going to pivot just a little bit. Um, you all spun out, you know, not long ago. Um, uh, Derek, could you tell us a little bit more about? Um, uh, the you know you have a really great syndicate of um, uh, financiers for Dexcare and an amazing board. So can you tell us a little bit about them and um, uh, if you can share like who who funded it um, and who's on your board and um, you know what are you excited about in terms of working with these folks? Yeah, yeah, really, really uh, excited about uh, this th this part of it as well, Sarah. So. Uh, we completed a our our Series A financing, which is the first outside money into the company, um, uh, right right at the beginning. Well, about a month ago, five 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 weeks ago or so, and um, just a great syndicate, as you mentioned. It was heavily oversubscribed, and so we were able to we were able to choose partners that could really add um, a lot of strategic value. Even the financial investors add a lot of strategic value, and that's already that's already paid off. Sean and I were already just, were just commenting the other day. It's just um, the the level of um, connections and reach that our that our investors have already been able to provide in just a month working together has been great. So it was led by we did a twenty million dollars Series A, which as people probably know is you know is it is is definitely larger than a, than a than a traditional Series A. And so again, just it, it underscored the traction, the opportunity here. Um, it was led by Define Ventures um, and the 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 founder of Define and the, the lead MD there, Lynn Chow Keep, is uh, on our board as well and is a lead partner. She's a she's a force of nature and uh, has been has been great um, connecting us to her network. Uh, former healthcare lead at Kleiner Perkins and um, uh, I think she came out of the market uh, out in the market a couple of years ago with an eighty million dollar fund as her first one. I think she just did her second one and oversubscribed three hundred million dollar uh, uh, fund round. So it's just phenomenal to have Lynn on board. Um, uh, Providence, as you mentioned, is uh, has invested a ton of time and treasure into this. And Aaron Martin, uh, head of the Digital Innovation Group, is is on the board there and a very um, very much a thought leader in the in the in all things digital and healthcare. So. Awesome to have Aaron's guidance there as well. Uh, Kaiser uh, Permanente invested as well. They're a key customer of ours as well. Um, and um, and uh, Liz Rocket sits on the is a, is a board observer in the company there. And then um, Frisk Cressy Ventures, uh, which is the venture arm of Senator Bill Frist, um, uh, former House Majority Leader, and and a. Uh, um, uh, responsible for some of the most groundbreaking healthcare legislation, um, sort of pre-ACA, uh, is was is also heavily involved in the organization. They were a key investor as well and have observer rights. And Senator Frist has been a great supporter already, already in what we're doing. And then uh, Spring Rock Ventures, healthcare-focused uh, venture firm backed by Delta Dental here in Seattle, also involved. So 
awesome, awesome syndicate. And then already you mentioned board. So there's Lynn, myself and Aaron on the board. Um, one of the things that Lynn from Define did very early on is she connected us to um, uh, Toby Cosgrove, former CEO of Cleveland Clinic, who um, we were able to uh, convince to join our board. And so, um, so Toby's on board as well. And, you know, 2016 fortune business person of the year number two hospital in the world cleveland clinic i mean he's just uh he's been amazing in the short time we worked with him and already has just um provided amazing uh, insight and guidance in helping us build the business so we're really excited about about having this team on board that is absolutely tremendous um so exciting and um uh, I know that, you know, I personally, but also um, Aaron Martin, of course, um, who we've talked about, uh, Mariam Bolami, who is our, uh, the digital innovation group head of product and technology, as well as Shweta Panapa, who's been our head of digital experience. And all of our teams were just so thrilled um, for you all and just really looking forward to the future. Um, with just the last little bit of time that we have, um, Sean, if folks want to learn more about DexCare, especially other health systems, how would you recommend that they um, get more information? Yeah, well, our website's live now, now that we've spun out. So DexCareHealth.com, uh, we have a, a click here for demo. So if anyone has reached out to there, I'll follow up with them directly and happy to chat about the experience we built and and hopefully be able to assist in your digital journey. Awesome. And um, anything else that we didn't talk about? Um, anything you want to talk about with respect to like something you're really excited about that we didn't touch on or anything about the future of DexCare? I, I know you all have such a bright future and we're just so thrilled again, but um, any final parting thoughts? I mean, if we just, I'll just quickly, I mean, if you say the future, we could go another, another four hours. <laughs> I would just, I would just underscore, I, I missed it, and, and I think it's a really important point Sean made, um, is that our fiduciary, our, we're in service 100% um, at a customer level for the health system. We obviously are doing it to make it with our with our health system customers to make the consumer provider experiences better. Um, but we think that's really important because um, I was surprised maybe we didn't have time to get into it, you know, the, the question of kind of the Amazons of the world and so forth and the uh, disruptors out there. And, and we don't have time to get into it now, but I will say that, um, I think we're also finding among health systems that um, they they want help to um, be like and better than those disruptors, and um, we're providing a solution that helps them do that, and um, and that's been a key part of our value proposition as well. Yeah, absolutely. And again, like we could we could have talked for probably another hour or two. So um, uh, perhaps we'll follow up with more in-depth conversations. Um, Sean, any final parting thoughts from you? Yeah, I, I I could go on for another hour as well. So I'll just keep it simple. I'll say thank you. Um, I, I think, as I mentioned in the beginning, this is not, well, this is the end of the journey for DexCare within Providence. It's just the beginning of what we want to do in the digital health space. So thank you for all the Providence team has put so much effort into this, those that have stayed and those that have come with us. And for the healthcare systems that put the trust and confidence in us to, to, to build their digital experience when we're an early stage company, even before we became a company, uh, we're, we're not going to take that for granted. We're extremely grateful for that opportunity. And, and if you look at Derek and I's track record, we're going to build a great company and product around that. And certainly for the investors that have put the trust in us to build this, we don't take that lightly either. Um, and then I'll ask you a last shout out to my dad. He's back in the hospital at NYU watching this today. I love you, Pop. I feel better and I'll, I'll see you soon. 
Well, we're all um, praying and hoping for your dad's uh, recovery. So um, thank you both for joining us. Um, really great to be with you and of course to chat with you as always. And thank you to all of you who watched and listened and um, to learn more about our initiatives, programs or services, ways to give to Providence. Or if you're looking for medical care, please go to providence.org and uh, make sure to follow us on social media at Providence Health System for LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, and under Providence on Twitter. And of course, if you want to learn more about DexCare, go to DexCareHealth.com. And uh, we look forward to uh, having you all join us on a future event as well. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks.